Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rothman back in the chair. Uh, and this week, let's deal with the key question head-on. We won our first ten games, and people at the time were saying, Pep is indeed a genius and the best coach on the planet. Now, after a run, a poor run, we find ourselves out of the top four and ten points behind leaders Chelsea. So, what has gone wrong? David. Okay, well... We have a, a, a wonderful set of players in midfield and attack. It's one of the best in the league. But I think our defence and goalkeeping unit is probably one of the worst. And it's their flaws have been laid for all to see, laid bare for all to see in the last couple of weeks. But we, if we put away our chances, if, if those fantastic midfielders and attackers had scored goals after 71% possession... We wouldn't need to defend it at the start of the season. It didn't matter. We just scored more than they scored. That was the case. We were we were able to use our possession far more effectively. But teams go through dry runs. Teams go through periods where they're not going to score. But they cannot rely on the defence giving any sort of assurance at times where we can't score. I. So Dave Hodgson is one of our guests. The second guest, who's now going to have an opportunity. What's gone wrong? Lisa Rivenowitz. I don't think that anything has gone wrong in the sense that because of the way we played at the beginning of the season and now it's not looking so good, that something different has happened. I don't think it's that at all. I, and I really have to be very clear about this, I think our defence is terrible. I don't think our goalkeeper is good enough. And that's me giving a caveat to what I'm now going to say. But I think our bigger problem is not converting our chances and not converting our possession into more chances. Um, now, p- 
part, and, and I've, I've, I have said this before as well, when that happens, the frailties at the back become so much more obvious and appear to be even more acute than they are. We are in dire need of a complete, new, completely new defence, apart from John Stones. However, John Stones is, we all knew this before he came, is error-prone and being surrounded by the defenders he's surrounded by is not helping and he's not going to get any better with the people who are currently around him around him so i'm not i'm really i do not want to have a go at 22 year old john stones any more than i want to have a go at um, the manager um however i'm gonna go now on to the manager the manager is struggling a little bit with understanding that Yes, he has a way that he likes his teams to play. And yes, it's amazing when it works. The Premier League is a very different proposition to every other league he's worked in. The two leagues, other leagues he's worked in. And he needs to adapt his style. He needs to accept that at the moment, we don't have the defensive unit that will cope with the attack, not doing what it's intended to do. And he needs to be able to adapt for different games, for different teams. I don't think he was expecting that. I'm, I'm disappointed with that element, that side of it. I've said this again, I've said this before, like, I don't think Bravo's the answer. And clearly, I don't think anyone thinks Bravo's the answer. But the thing that really highlighted it to me was after the Swansea-Crystal Palace match, which was like 5-4. And he said how surprised he was that eight of those goals came from set pieces. To me, that told me exactly why he thought Bravo was okay and we all knew he wasn't because he wasn't expecting the need for a goalkeeper in this division to command his area and to be a shot stopper. All right, so we've covered the goalkeeper, we've covered the defence, we've talked about the midfield and the attacking force and we've talked about the manager. Leaves a little bit for my final guests, uh, Rob Bear and CTID. What have they left out, Rob? Well, what's been left out is the failure of the team to tackle. And uh, this is infuriating to somebody like me who's seen Nigel de Jong, Mike Doyle, George Heslop, who would tackle and you would know about it. And this team doesn't do that. And time and time again, City failed to win 50-50 balls, and uh, they they don't win the second ball. And that is very annoying for a team uh, which is so talented. And I think uh, Ian Tussey, late, late of this programme, got it right uh, at the weekend when he said, you know, you can't win anything without a bottom lip. And uh, I think that is the problem. And, and I blame Pep for that because uh, throughout the season City have failed to play two halves consecutively well and they played well in the first half and then they conceded a goal right at the beginning of the second half and you looked at Pep's face and this was not the face of a manager who was saying uh, come on lads let's get over this he was in mourning now, you know, he's a great manager, he's, he's achieved wonderful things, but he's got to be the leader in difficult times, which I think he did show uh, in his after-the-match 
comments. But, you know, that was the time for him to stand up and say, come on, get your act together. But, but I'm struggling a bit here because I'm going to go back to what I started with. That the first 10 games of the season, we were doing that. We, when we lost the ball, we got it back very quickly and we challenged for the ball. We were a fantastic force going forward and we were converting our chances and we weren't leaking goals at the back. So something's gone wrong. Something's different now from those first 10 games of the season. I'm still struggling, Dave, a little bit to get my head around exactly what it is. Well, the thing I, you know, drawing on the thing I said earlier about the fact that even if you have the riches we have in midfield and up front, that will not provide a constant stream of goals all season. There will be dry patches, there will be rough patches, and then the defence is called on. And the thing we have lost most, and I will I'll stick my neck out and say a lot of this happened during the Pellegrini era, we saw the leadership that was so characteristic of our defensive unit under Mancini sapped away. You had, obviously, company we can blame no one for. His injuries have sapped us of probably the most natural leader we've seen in a Manchester City shirt, certainly in my lifetime, probably probably in yours, I would say, as well. He is an in- you know, an incredible leader of men. You had Jolien Lescott, who was known for being one of the most vocal men in the dressing room. You had Colo Torre, who'd also captained us. And you had Micah Richards, another talker. And you had Joe Hart, who was never stopping, shouting at his defenders, commanding people, telling them where to be. And more than any of that, providing a really solid, strong presence at dealing with set pieces. We've lost all of that. We have... Nicholas Otamendi, who for me is not good enough at this level, he plays every game on the back foot. He's always trying to make last-ditch tackles. He's never preempting play, looking to control the situation in the way you want from a senior defender. Poor John Stones has got no one to look to. And our full-backs, for all their experience, for all their age, are not natural leaders. Bravo shouts a lot at himself. He doesn't seem to speak to the players. He's constantly in this sort of fit of you know, fit of emotion that doesn't seem to be channeled into anything useful. No one is giving leadership. No one is giving direction. And no one is taking the situation in hand, saying, right, lads, you've got to be here. You've got to be here. We've got a position like this because we have to be organised. We have to be more than the sum of our parts. And for all the senior players in that team, no one is doing that. But we're not going to resolve this overnight, are we? And, and we know we've got, we've said it many times, our four full-backs are all over 30. We know about the company injury. We know Otamendi uh, is, is maybe not up to the task, as you say, Dave. And, and we've got a situation with Stones who's still you know, not, 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 not at his best, let's say. So, so that's not, nothing's going to change. What's your view about this window? Is it a case of saying, well, we may try and get one in before the end, or is it we'll stick with what we got and try and get to the end of the season and then this clear out that you refer to, Lisa? We've got to wait till the summer for that, do you reckon? Is that the reality of the situation now? Almost, we'll come on to it later, I'm sure, but almost top four, which I think you've been saying right from the start of the season, is not re- realistic in his first season. Is, is that the reality now? It feels like that to me. I I don't think there's much point in trying to buy someone in desperation right now. Unless we could get... I think the most likely thing that could happen in this window is if we manage to get someone half-decent on loan till the end of the season, who and who may be able to provide some leadership. I completely agree with Dave. I think the past few seasons when a company has been injured it has been very noticeable how much we don't have an, another leader at all anywhere on the pitch and and so that in terms of our failure to do anything about the aging defense it's not just that it's our failure to do anything about the lack of leadership um 
last season, at least when Frank Lampard came on every now and again, you felt like there was someone there who could kind of motivate people. Um, but yes, I look, I don't think it's gone, but I think people... And I, I just wish people had realised this beforehand because one of the other problems, I think, with this season is that everyone expected us to either win everything or easily make it into the top four. As you rightly said, I said before the season started, I think it's very likely we won't finish in the top four. I do not. I have not changed that opinion throughout. Even when we were doing really well at the beginning of the season, I still felt that this would happen. The first podcast pre-season, I said there will be some difficult results. We will get thrashed sometimes and we might not finish in the top four. I rest my case. Why is he not blooding the youngsters then, uh, Rob? The most depressing thing I heard today was that Tozin Adibayaro uh, is not going to sign a new contract and that he might go to Everton. And that is a damning indictment of the regime at the moment um, because uh, he's capable enough to be given uh, a chance and he's better than Otamendi uh, at the moment. Um, so I think it's shocking that that situation... Uh, can can I just risen. throw another one in as well? Because obviously he had the opportunity at the weekend uh, with the injuries we've got and the suspensions and so on, a perfect opportunity for Alish Garcia to have a slot and, and he chose to go with 97-year-old uh, amazing city legend who we love yeah. but slightly past his sell-by date. Uh, the, the Happy birthday yesterday to P- Pablo Zabaleta. Well, Why great, is he not blooding Garcia? With respect that? to uh, Zabaleta, he's no uh, midfield player. And we very badly miss Gundogan. And, uh, you know, that's not going to be a proper replacement. So I I agree with you absolutely on that. And Pep is interesting. And uh, he seems to think that players can play anywhere. And one of the things that I'm reflecting on at the moment is that the team is struggling to play his brand of football uh, because they're probably not skilled enough to do it. So time and again at the weekend, we saw them pass, 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 and then lose the ball uh, on the halfway line. So, so should it, one of my questions I've got written down is: surely should he not should he not be asking them to be a bit more pragmatic? And you know, Rose Ed sometimes is is the best option. And he, he is there an, an arrogance there? What is it? Is it a confidence? Is it an arrogance? What is it? Why is he not recognising he doesn't have the players that he had at his previous clubs? Yet he will. We're all confident of that. We know the the war chest that's available to him. But until he gets that money and until he gets those players in, why do you think he's being so single-minded, if you like. And is that right? Well, uh, it's a psychological question and I wouldn't criticise Pep for holding on to his beliefs because they've been so successful in the past. But something has gone on in the last few weeks. Um, That uh, interview that he gave gave after the Burnley game was very revealing of his inner torment. So it's not as if he doesn't care, because clearly he does. Um, I, I, get, uh, I don't understand why, for example, uh, Sterling isn't played consistently on the right-hand side, where he is a formidable player, and yet he, he plays on the left or, or as a full-back or, or as a centre-forward. 
and that's puzzling. I don't understand why Sane doesn't get a game. You know, we say spend money, but they've got these players and they're not playing them. And then the incompetence around the Jesus Gabriel situation. I mean, you spend thirty eight million pounds on a player who who you can't play because the the bureaucracy is wrong. That's that, that's not very good. Can we talk about something that I've tried to avoid over the last few weeks, but I think certainly after the Everton game, it's come back into focus, and that is our keeper, and, and just spend a little bit of time on that, and, and this whole issue, and we've, we've covered it before, we all know the background to it, you know, Hart's still a City player out on loan, there are people saying that Bravo, they had four shots and scored four goals, he, he, he's... Of course, he's good with his feet, but actually, a keeper's there to stop the ball when it's when it's going towards the goal. I think so. So we all know what the issue is. Where do you sit then, Dave, on the on the whole sort of goalkeeper bringing back, uh, stick with what we've got? Because there's lots of different shades of opinion around around the Etihad. Well, I think I will try and say a couple of positive things about Bravo before I let fly. Firstly, he is by all accounts the second best keeper in the league at pass completion. And secondly, I read something written in the Daily Telegraph that said if he does some upper body work, he may eventually be passable at catching crosses. Okay, bravo, we may as well have a hologram in goal. This man has, I think it's, was it 14, 14 shots have gone in out of the last 22 that have been on target. Yep. He, uh, we've had short goalkeepers in the past. Shea Given was not a tall man. You've seen plenty, of, there's plenty of keepers out there who are small, who make themselves seem big. And I've said this time and time again, any time there's a one-on-one, Bravo looks small. It looks He never seems to have one of his posts completely covered. He always seems to leave a big gap there for him. The fourth goal, he may as well not have been there. Lookman just sort of, oh, OK, just put it, put it straight down the middle. He, he, he won't do anything. No one looks at Bravo and thinks, wow, that's a big force coming towards me. I'm going to have to be really careful where I place this. People feel they have the goal to aim at. The striker feels confident because they know that he is not putting up He's not narrowing the angles. He's not putting up a barrier to stop them scoring. And then when it comes to set pieces, have we? has anyone been convinced watching him go up for a free kick, over a corner? And that translates to the defence. The defence do not trust him either. And that's the big problem. So what are we going to do? I think we, we know that. That's, that's very articulate and, and very passionate. But what, what do we do about it? Do, are you of the view we should get on the phone to Turin, sort of <laughs> patch up your head, Joe? You know, you've been, you get, get the stitches all sorted out. And we wish him well, of course. And, and get on a plane and come back. Is, is that the answer? Or do you go out get somebody on loan? Or do we give Caballero or Young Gunner go? I think if we go back to Joe Hart and Guardiola is correct in his assessment of him, we've not solved the problem because Guardiola wants someone who is good on the ball. And if he views Hart as not being that, we have previously criticised Hart for his distribution. We haven't solved the problem. We're just back at square one, which is better than where we are now, but it's not a long-term solution. Caballero, I like. I think we look better with him, and I think he's quite good with his feet. In, in fact, he's the third best goalkeeper at pass completion above the <laughs> prescribed threshold. I can't remember exactly what that threshold is now. But, you know, if he doesn't feel Caballero's the future, why not give Gunner go? Because anyone, anyone, I, I don't know, Zabaleta, but anyone, you know, <laughs> if, if you can play him we anywhere. Get Sane, you know? we could get them in. Uh, do you differ from, from, I love it when Dave's <laughs> in this sort of mood. We should, we should give him more time. Um, I, I don't particularly disagree with him. Bravo is not good enough for the Premier League. Um, I don't think he gives the defence any confidence. Equally, I don't think the defence will give him any confidence. However, um, 
I would, and I never thought I would say these words, I would play Caballero. Um, he he isn't good enough either, but he is better. He He's more of a presence. He will save shots and he can distribute the ball better than Hart could. We always knew that. I, however, if they think Gunn is good enough and if they think he can cope with conceding three or four goals every now and again and not lose his confidence, then I would play Gunn. One point very quickly that baffles me about Bravo. He's he's the captain of Chile and has won two Copper Americas mm. as captain. Mm. Where's that leadership? Where is that ability to organise? It baffles me. It baffles I think me. he's probably Can't. suffering from a bit of a crisis of confidence as well. I don't think we're... Help- and I've, I have said this before, and I, 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 I don't like the way the crowd at City is going at the moment. We are collectively quite... A horrible lot when you know we'll jump on anyone's back including the managers at the moment and I'm again I, I, I don't want anyone to think I think he's good enough but get off his back it's not going to help it really this he's he's standing in front of the fans he hears it he's not immune he's, he's a human being he's not immune to this and I don't think we're helping but before we take a, a quick break I just want to ask Rob about this as well but but before I do sort of my own view for what it's worth is and we've talked about it you know it's a uh, defense isn't just about the goalkeeper you've got to rely on those four or three depending on how you play in front of you and we've already discussed the fact that those that 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 back line isn't strong enough and I don't think all the blame can be put on the goalkeeper I don't know whether you agree Rob I agree and Clichy and Sanya have been desperately disappointing and Kolarov uh, doesn't muster it either so there is a crisis there what uh, what is so big about Bravo is that Um, Pep put his reputation on getting rid of Joe Hart, who used to be derided, if I remember correctly, as a a stop shot, stop, a shot stopper. Well, you know, I'd I'd quite welcome that at the moment. It's completely unrealistic to think that Joe Hart would want to come back or that Pep would want to bring him back because too much water's flown under the bridge. So you've got a problem which is... The goalkeeper is not good enough at the moment and he needs taking out of the firing line. Uh, And so somebody else has to play. And Lisa, you know, uh, you're right about the crowd. You know, you sound like Theresa May saying we're we're the nasty party. But um, the failure of the crowd to be the 12th man, which cost... um, one of the players, £40,000 today for, for saying that it was uh, 10 men against 12 against Burnley. That failure will come to haunt us if, if the crowd doesn't get its act together. All right, well, listen, let's take a quick break and we'll be straight back after this. When it comes to a software vendor audit, you need to park the bus. Call 0203-817-4880 or visit livingstone-tech.com to find out how. Welcome back. Uh, can we just focus on Pep then for a minute? And, and the some people being stupid and saying Pep's going to walk. Let's just sort of nip that one in the bud now. He's not going to walk, is he? No. Pep has a very interesting persona which he projects everywhere and it's sort of a bit of a tortured poet almost. He he wears his heart on his sleeve and everything, you know, things seem, you know, passionate and emotional in the moment, but you can tell that behind that is a very deep thinker who has a very set way of 
thinking about how he's going to play. He's, it's been very interesting to watch. I thought he'd be far more incremental in how he implemented how he was going to set us out. He's gone for all the changes at once. I don't think that's necessarily going to... That was necessarily the wisest move, but I think this is a man who is an absolutist and he will either want to see his side play his style of football beautifully or not at all. And I think he will either want to fail completely or succeed completely. I can't see him ever just walking away. I I just don't see that as being his character. Uh, He has admitted that the title challenge is over. We're, what, 10 points behind Chelsea? Um, And that's probably right. Uh, Is he right to do that at this stage? Because I think Mancini, sort of, what was it, eight points behind with six games to go and we won it? Albeit there's only sort of one other team in it, I guess. But your your view on that? Is is, is he right as the manager of Manchester City to, to at this stage, halfway through the season, to say, that's it? Job done. We'll we'll have to do for second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, or even seventh, as my father thinks we'll finish. Bless him. <laughs> um, I think he is right to done it. I wish it had been done earlier. I know that sounds ridiculous. It isn't the sort of thing that was ever going to happen. Um, but the the expectation that we were going to win the league or anything was, to my mind, quite ridiculous. So I'm I'm glad he said it. Again, the main reason apart from the fact we aren't good enough, is that it's not just one team ahead of us. It's three or four, maybe even five teams ahead of us, or as your father thinks, six. Um, But, um, you know, I I think, and and Rob alluded to this before, I think what's going on with Pep is some sort of psychological struggle because he, he... is very he has, he's been very clear that he plays a particular way. He can see he's not an idiot. He can see it's not going quite the way he thought it would, and he's struggling with that. And so he's got. I think we're we're now going to see him kind of find his way, and we're going to have to suffer while we watch it. Unfortunately, I think there's some despicable people who are loving watching uh, what's happening to Pep. And in their little England away, are saying, well, it shows that uh, the Spanish and the German leagues are not as strong as ours. And I think that's just nonsense. It, you know, you can have a difficult time in England, and uh, but that doesn't take away anything that he did in 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 those countries. I mean, I've read quite a lot about uh, his time at Barcelona and Bayern Munich, and the same tortured poet you use that lovely phrase that's there then so I don't think we should be too bothered about that and interestingly he's been amazingly ruthless you know uh, Nasri, Yahya, Hart have all been uh, dispatched so I, I'm sure that he's going to uh, ride through this and any city supporter who wants to get rid of him is an idiot uh, just mentioning Yaya, because we put it out there and asked our Twitter friends if there's any questions they, they wanted answered tonight, and there's one that came up regarding Yaya, so I don't know who wants to tackle this, but our friend Anthony uh, Abdul, who's who's a regular contributor on Twitter, and, and thanks, Anthony, keep listening. It's, uh, of course, at City Podcast, if you want to follow us on Twitter. Um, he asks um, why Yaya turned down £430,000 a week, reportedly, um, a massive uh, deal to go to China to stay with us. Um, you know, has he got much of a role to play with us, is what, what Anthony's asking? What, what's, what's your view on that? Anybody want to pitch in? Well, my understanding was that there is a rather sizable loyalty bonus that comes if he completes his contract this year. And I think £11 million was the fit, was the amount that I have seen written down. <laughs> I don't know if this is true. This is purely media conjecture, but this is what I've read, which would explain a certain amount. 
I mean, he has had some very good performances, and you could say, you know, the West Ham game a couple of weeks ago, he was one of the better players on the pitch. I will put a lot of that down to the tactical ineptitude of Slavin Bilic to not put any pressure on us in midfield. Games like Everton away, you know, he is found wanting. Whether it's he doesn't want to or isn't capable anymore of applying that level of pressure anymore for the style of football, the sort of pressing we need, I don't think he's quite there. But, you know, he clearly thinks he wants to still have a go at the Premier League. Or he wants a loyalty bonus, one of the two. So, so it's not that the kids are settled in Cheshire then in their school and so on, it's not that, there's the £11 million bonus. I wonder which is right. I mean, let's not criticise Yaya for how he's behaved since he came back because I think he's been brilliant. And I think Pep has recognised that he's got a role to play in the Champions League next phase. And if, uh, if that's to the benefit of City, then uh, that's excellent. But these players, they're so wealthy that they don't really have to... Uh, weigh up whether the Chinese, how much the Chinese are going to pay them if they if they want to do what they feel is in their own interests. The good news is his agent seems to have been shut up and it seems to be Yaya sort of talking in sort of positive tones rather than the agent that we've had to suffer for a number of years, of course, I suspect. Um, a, a reported £250 million war chest, I sort of touched on this earlier on for the summer, I think we're all agreed in terms of the January transfer window, we, we don't expect too much. There's not that much going on, unless any, any that you've heard of. Anybody got any scoops for the Man City show for, for our listeners in terms of deals that are about to be done? Any, any sort of rumours that you can share with us? It's not a scoop, but sort of looking at what's available. But one thing that I'm surprised hasn't happened is um, obviously there's been lots of rumours about Jose Font at Southampton, mm. who, is the, who is a leader at the back. He's not quick, which is something our defence misses. But, you know, for a guy who's got six months left on his contract, is 33... Could probably be signed relatively cheaply. I don't think it it wouldn't surprise me if he was someone we made a move for. Van Dyke seems to have gone a bit cold on the Van. D- that that was talked about as well, wasn't it? As well for a while, that seems to have gone quiet as well. So in terms of the summer, then, uh, if we've got two hundred and fifty million quid, a, a, a Lionel Messi's name has been bandied about as well. Any any thoughts on that? He's, I've, I've heard of him. He's he's well, half decent, isn't he? That would take uh, apparently, according to. The red tops, that would take £100 million out of that war chest, which for a 28-year-old player... 13, are they? He's almost 13. Yeah, sure. Uh, That's a big gamble. I I think it's ridiculous. Of course everyone thinks, oh, how wonderful it would be for Messi to play for City, but that's not going to solve any of our problems at all. And, uh, yeah, he's 30 in June, apparently, and I, I just think... £100 million on any player is going to be ridiculous. And I know it's messy, but let's get a grip and sort the defence out. Because I really don't think there's that much that needs to be done to the midfield and up front. It's the defence that needs to be sorted. If we buy another midfielder and or another winger, I, I think I'm going to scream if we don't buy a full-back first or a goalkeeper. It's just ridiculous. Oh, it would be worth it to hear Lisa scream. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We'll get you back on the show, Lisa, so you can give us your scream. Uh, Dave, thoughts on, on the messy deal or no deal? I have to say, I think it could actually... Parad- well, it sounds so, so wrong to say, but it could be £100 million well spent in terms of the commercial benefits that could get reaped from that deal. You imagine the merchandising, the profile boost, etc. You know, you can imagine the commercial director is sort of rubbing his hands at this, saying we can make that money back. But no, for me, I'm not, I think we've got three good strikers now. We've got decent midfielders. We need a strong ball-winning midfielder who can come in when Gundogan's inevitably broken or Fernandinho's inevitably stupid. 
and we can put some players in our and we, we need we need at least four new defenders. I I'd like to see strong, tall, quick fullbacks who are good on the ball and defenders who are calm, composed and can offer leadership and please, please let us have a keeper. I can't have another season of this. It, to be fair, it did take that Scottish bloke with the red nose from just outside Manchester a couple of seasons to get it right with them, didn't he? He had a bit of success over a few years, but he didn't get it right in the first season, did he? Or even the second season. It, it even took even him a few years to get it right. But he was operating then in a time when people were given time. Now it's very, it's a lot more, there's the pressures from every angle. But it could make quite a good story, though, if we buy Messi and Messi in the Championship. Dave. The one thing, the one thing I will say about the manager situation, I think we're in a very unique situation in Manchester football at the moment. That both teams have been staking a lot on this particular manager. You know, it's been no secret that Manchester City have been making overtures to Guardiola almost since the project began, since you know um, Begiristein and Soriano arrived, that they wanted Guardiola in that job. Just like Manchester United have been chasing, Mar- you know, Mourinho. Manchester United always been a a sort of marriage made in heaven. Now both these clubs are there. And if this fails, where do they go next? This is something that a lot has been, st- has been put on. These are two of the best marriages in the world. You know, all people say every time something goes wrong with these, I don't see where they could turn that would be better. I don't see how anyone can say that getting rid of Pep Guardiola is, would be a step forward. Where would you go? Who, who'd come? It's lunacy. Let's look forward then. Uh, to the next few games and, and particularly this weekend because I think we're all a little bit worried about uh, Saturday's game against Spurs. Um, any particular thoughts, Rob? How are we going to sort of... They're, they're, it's kind of two completely different sides of a coin, isn't it? You know, they're on a roll full of confidence. Um, everybody's talking about them as, as, as real challenges for the, for the Premier League and of course we're, you know, we're going to finish sixth or seventh. So, so, so it's set up for an exciting, uh, exciting afternoon, isn't it? You never make excuses... But there was excruciating refereeing um, in the last game. There has been all season. Uh, when you look at the things that Pogba does and gets away with, or Rojo, and yet uh, uh, the City players get caught, then our luck will probably change at some point, and hopefully it will change uh, this weekend. But if you don't play with spirit and you don't play like your life depends upon it, you won't beat anybody. So that's what I want to see. I'd, I'd quite like to see Gabriel, and I'd quite like to see Sane play. Because what I like about Guardiola's um, view is that you put your wingers on the touchline, and that creates a lot of space for your centre-forward. And we haven't been seeing that recently. Thoughts about the weekend, though? I think we're coming up against certainly the form team in the league and I'd also argue the form player and one of my very favourite Premier League players in Christian Eriksen. I think the ability that man has, not particularly physically blessed, but very good at finding space and and pulling pass together. He could really cause our defence some trouble. You've obviously got Ali in there, you've got Kane in there who's finding some form. There's a lot to be worried about and particularly the full-backs as well. They will target our full-backs and God knows that is where we are weak. Guardiola is going to have to make sure he keeps them occupied and doesn't let Spurs sort of out outrun as outpasses in the way, not outpass sorry out you know outpresses in the way that Everton did at the weekend. There's a lot of lessons that are going to have to be learned quickly because anything Everton that tactic Everton did, Spurs do it regularly so much better. You look worried about the weekend already, Lisa. 
I am dreading the weekend, mostly because I hate Spurs so much. But um, they are, in my opinion, the best attacking side in the Premier League at the moment and have been for a while. Um, I don't know what happened to them towards the end of last season. They really should have won the league last year. I still think they could this year. Um, The main reason I think they won't is because they've already played Chelsea twice. But um, they take their chances, they create chances, they press. They did it against us at White Hot Lane. I had the unpleasant misfortune of being there. We didn't turn up. They, They just pushed and pushed and we just fell over, almost literally. And they didn't have Harry Kane that day either. Um, he is far more clinical than anyone else. We've anyone we've got on the pitch at the moment, as is Ali. We get, we are really going to have to be on top form, and I would be delighted with a draw at this present moment in time. I would be delighted with a draw, which is a terrible thing to have to say for a home game. Because we then go on a, you could say, a decent run, because we got sort of after that West Ham away um, midweek game and then Swansea at home and Bournemouth away. And in between that, we, we play our FA Cup tie. We don't know who we're playing yet. I think sort of Palace and uh, Bolton play tonight, don't they? So we'll we'll know then. Um, so finally then, before we go, um, let's have a, a prediction for where we're going to finish then in terms of uh, just before we sign off. And the, the very positive Lisa Rabinowitz will, will kick off in terms of uh, will we be ending the top four? I would be very surprised if we do. Dave? I think we'll finish sixth. Sorry. Sixth? Yeah. I'm going to say fourth. I think we've got a flurry of Aguero goals yet to come that people have not really budgeted for in all this. And Gab- the, the attack will mask the defensive faults. And Gabriel has us to come in. Will he save our bacon? Well, I hope so. Um, but the, the key thing is that when Pep came, he said, I want to make you proud of the team uh, rather than promising uh, particular places in the league table. And at the moment, we can't say that we're proud of the team. So on a slightly depressing Man City Show podcast, a huge thanks to my rather depressing friends, Lisa Rabinowitz, Rob Barron, CTID, and Dave Hodgson. This is Nigel Rothband saying thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you all very soon. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.